Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. It's happened, that thing that you and I have joked about never happening. Okay. And it supposedly has happened. I, I look, I don't want to overspeak. Okay. Because it's only been like 12 years since the Nissan 370Z came out. But Is it only 12 years? That's just, that's a blink of an eye. Yeah, exactly. Really? I think it was 08, yes. But the uh, there are suggestions based on the big press reveal and dog and pony show a couple of days ago that the 400 is coming. The the proto has been showed the prototype, <laughs> and I I I, uh-huh. I want to caveat this real quick by saying I owned a Z car. I like Z cars. I would like to do a film on the Z cars. I want to drive all the Z cars. I want to drive a new Z car. We've okay. recommended the 370 and all of the Z yes. cars on this podcast. Yes, we are about to critique something that doesn't actually exist yet. Okay, fair enough. Which is Good. a little Good. dangerous and not entirely our thing. But we've waited for this. You guys have asked about it. So <clears throat> the Z car. <laughs> Having said all that, thusly, uh-huh. well, I'm jumping in and I do want to do a design review on it. But I'm also a little hesitant because, as you said, this is a design prototype, mm-hmm. very carefully caveated by Nissan to say, this might change. Mm-hmm. And I hope it does. Because what I'm looking at is, hey, a new Z car. And first of all, Massive praise to Nissan for doing something that we've encouraged them to do. Everybody yes, has been yes. wanting this, and they know they've needed to, so uh-huh. great. They've been working on it. Here it is, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they are promoting it's got a manual transmission from the gate, and it's yep. going to have a lot of power, yep, yep, yep. and they've, they've brought it back. A halo car, wonderful, great. Thank you, Nissan. But what I see is a car designed strictly from a side elevation, a side profile. Okay, yeah. You turn it to any three-quarter angle, and I instantly don't like it. Mm, interesting. What's interesting about the prototype is the front and rear clips can change easily. True. A new design could be introduced. True. Still using the same proportions. And the same proportions are fine. Yeah. yeah. Just looks a little tall to me still. The 370 tall. did. 350 kind of did. But it's gotten even taller to my eye. It seems like the desperate attempt to make a sports car cover the pedestrian crash test thing where everything's got to be a brick front. Yes, yes. And so I think, okay, retro styling. I'm looking at the images. I'm seeing their video. Mm-hmm. Retro, huh? Didn't we try that about two decades ago and everybody went through that phase and got it all out of their system? And are we back to retro? <laughs> well, but Nissan hasn't done anything in 12 years. So, you know, maybe they're I, okay, behind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm frustrated that it doesn't push car design forward. Okay. I wanted right. the new Z car to push car design forward. The new Supra doesn't look like anything of the old one. Of the A90. Okay, fair. All right, it is fair. an entirely new concept. Yeah, all right. And then I'll they did an entirely new car. Brilliant. They pushed it forward. And whether you not whether or not you like it, mm, it mm. is different. It's yeah. something new and fresh. This one just has all the same cues with the most simple body side surface. Nothing here to my eyes pushing the world of car design forward into mm, the future. Mm. I suppose you could argue that's what retro does. True. But even this is too clean, too simple. There, there's nothing really visually interesting. And all I'm seeing from a rear perspective, rear view, is a 1980 Pontiac Firebird. 
with the lights that go all the way across. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, no. I mean, the reference here is no. ideally to be like the old 300ZX like yeah. I had that had lights across yeah. that feel. I, I'm actually okay with that. It does. Does it push car design forward? No, though? it doesn't. It also looks reminiscent of, of recent Mustangs. Too. It does. But I actually think, speaking of Ford reference, I think the side profile looks a lot like the F-Type. It does, which is a compliment. It is a compliment. Very I think nice. that's very right. cool. And right. I, I agree with you. It looks very tall from the side. Now, granted, the blacked out upper. Can we not do that? Can we not black out the upper greenhouse? Can we just have it the color of the car, please? Side note. But the blacked out upper greenhouse, I think, makes the body side look taller. It does look big. Mm-hmm. It continues to have that thing that I've they've done since the 350 and I've never liked, where the rake of the front goes up what looks like it'll be a nice angle, and then it plateaus back some after it got over the engine block. Oh, Can sure. Can we not very make that one nice arc mm-hmm. that goes over the engine, please? I, it, it, again, it was big time on the 350. It's also on the 370. Let's, let's figure out an arc. Can we do that? And yeah. I, others yeah. have said it, but it took me a while to figure out what's bothering me. The front clip yes. is bothering me, and I finally figured out what it looks like. Okay. It bothered me for a while. Do you remember the Bond villain Jaws? Oh. Tell oh, me that's not what you see now. I can't unsee it now. When he would smile and show his metal teeth, oh, it was just a box smile with metal teeth in it. That's what this mm. is. It's, it's the Jaws front end. The problem is that design language fits nowhere else on the car. Agreed. It's just a box. Those vertical lines just under the headlight and just as the taillight wraps around to the rear three-quarter panel and drops down... Toyota's made that work, but it's also not vertical and intersected with, you know, I, I appreciate a clean, crisp theme line down the shoulder. I appreciate sure, sure, that, yeah, yeah. but it's leaning towards the rear. It, it's not level. It's, it's kind of sagging there and the mm. rocker is too low, which if you got rid of the rocker right underneath the door cut, it would slim this car right down. Mm. But then there's this two or three inches, maybe more of rocker that drops down to the ground. Yeah. It would look better in my eye if you got just get rid of the rocker. Interesting. Interesting. The, uh, the big issue for me, the biggest one is the tumble home. And that is the side windows as they lean in towards your head. Okay. Base yeah, yeah. the shoulder from where yeah, they yeah. You know, touch the door and where it leans in to the top of the roof. It seems to be nearly vertical. It does look really vertical. It's not good. It doesn't make for a, a beautiful three-quarter shape, which makes mm. me think this car was designed from a side view only. Interesting. You turn it around and then... That rectangular shape just goes straight across. It's mm. like you extruded the car from a side view. <laughs> That's okay. what it looks yeah. like to me. And the, the lights that go straight across, there's no style or shape or int- anything in there. Mm. Now, Mark Newson, the designer, made that popular when he designed the 021C Ford 20 years ago. But that was a concept car. And a lot of his designs are very clean, relatable shapes. He uses the hot dog shape a lot, all these kinds of things. But... That's furniture and that's concept cars and, you know, very things you don't want a whole lot of craziness going on. This, I get it, clean design, but there's nothing here to my eye that pushes Nissan forward as Mm. a style leader, as a, okay, I I want you to acknowledge the past cars, but you don't have to stick true to that. You can do something different a la the Supra. Well, but I but I come back to what is the Z car? And I, look, I know there are people out here right now that are going to yell at me for this, but I say what is the Z car that is the most universally loved styling wise? And I don't think it's the 240. 
I, I think agree. it's the 300ZX from the 90s. I agree. The 240 yeah. is a reference to the E-Type in the same way this is a reference to the F-Type. I do find that interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the one that stopped everybody in their tracks was when Nissan threw out what the Z, quote-unquote, needed to look like. Right. And they designed one that looked cool. Correct. Why yes. not do that again? Why, 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 why not? I see a lot of 240 brought forward in this. And the 240 is awesome. We have a great review of one from a while back. They're mm-hmm. very, very cool. They're iconic. They look cool. They were the everyman's affordable E-Type of their era. Yeah. I get it. I know all the reasons why. But yet the 300ZX of the 90s, which honestly some Z purists don't like because it doesn't look like all the rest, but that is the one that everybody goes style icon. I completely agree, which makes Nissan having already established that they can do that with a new generation, and yet they didn't. I think retro was the wrong thing to do here. It's like filmmakers. I'll put it in your terms. Okay. Filmmakers who look back, and now we're titling movies with the same title with now the year that it was made. So you know, is this the 1963 version, or is this the 2017 version? Well, I don't know if you remember when They're having to do that now. I don't know if you remember, but Psycho was redone shot for shot. Yes. With yes. like Vince Vaughn and, and Anne Haitian actors mm-hmm. you've heard of. Okay. Redoing Psycho shot for shot. Why? You do that as a student film project to learn something. You don't do it as an established filmmaker with actors and a real budget. Here we go. Yeah. My question is when we're doing these remakes, I get it. The Thomas Crown Affair, okay. There's a, you know some modern things on there, and I, I, I did appreciate that. Yeah, I see what you're but saying. But others, I'm going, you mean you're so out of ideas you had to look back and copy the thing that's already done. Leave it there in time. Yeah. Do something new. And Nissan had this perfect grand opportunity Big time. to Big make time. this as an introduction for the future of their styling that will be seen on every vehicle from here on You're out. You're right. You're right. And they made this. <laughs> I, I can't get over the fact. And look, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Obviously, there's tons of stuff going on behind the scenes on all of these. But I, I don't feel like it's done yet. I agree. And I, I, feel like, yes. I feel like these are early sketches yes. put onto a body shape and they're just getting a discussion going. And they're they're because testing I don't, the waters. Because I don't even yeah. know this world and I sit here and I go, Where's the detailing? Where's the, uh-huh. the refinement? This uh-huh. this feels like you got a good sketch we kinda like. We gotta build that real quick because the reveal day is coming. What I also don't like is that Nissan's doing this and they're kind of crowdsourcing it because this will not be what the final looks like. Agreed. I Agreed. guarantee yeah. you. Uh, for sure. And you notice that everybody's calling it the 400Z. Nissan has not called it that True. Yet. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they're yeah. just calling it the Z prototype. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's a concept. They're getting feedback, and I think they're taking a bunch right now. Nobody likes that front end. I bet the interior uh, – two thoughts there. I bet interior the interior is, is pretty is pretty close to what it'll be. It, I is, bet you it is, but they forgot that door panels need to have some sort of visual interest on them. They can't but, just end with the door openers and but then you, nothing. But you made the comment back on our old 350 piece that they ordered some door. Nissan has not yes. been good about doing interesting doors in the 300s, yes. the, uh, 300s the Zs at all. Uh, but the other thing is I actually wonder – if they couldn't decide on the front end, so they went with the most generic thing possible, knowing that that is the easiest part of the car to change. Could very well Just, be. We don't know what shape that front's going to be yet. Make it a box. We'll come back. Mm-hmm. We got to keep moving. It can't be that. It can't be. And, and and I think what would look great is the oval, the Jaguar-style oval yeah. would be very yeah. interesting. Make that in- integrated. Don't just slap it on there, but integrate it onto the front. That'd be interesting. But this just looks like the we need to move on. You, you told the kid in class that, that does great work, mm-hmm. but is always too slow. You got to move on. We got other work to do. Leave the front end and move on. 
Yeah, this is still a toe in the pool. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. TV is coming to the Motor Trend Cable Channel. There's a repeat of Season 7, Episode 4 called Step Brothers, and we drove the Toyota 86 2-liter versus the Toyota GR Supra 2-liter. This is also coming soon to YouTube as yeah, well. Weeks, so yeah. that'll be coming if you can catch it. The whole premise here was Toyota's now building sports cars. They've got two for sale, both with two-liter engines. That seem to step on each other, yeah. Yeah, so we've also got TV on YouTube that has just dropped. It's the Cayman Generations from yeah. a few seasons ago where Season we four, yeah. actually reviewed all the Cayman Generations up to now, including the Cayman R, my Cayman, the night one GTS. Yep. And then the 718 GTS as well. Mm -hmm. So that is uh, already on YouTube, our main YouTube channel. But over on the Test Drive channel, we had Rohit who drove out to Salt Lake and Mm -hmm. offered up his E60 BMW M5. That is the V10 with the seat bolsters that punch you right in the kidneys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please subscribe, hit the bell, and you can find that YouTube channel very easily if you go to everydaydriver.com. And the second tab over is YouTube, and you can choose which YouTube channel you yep, go to. They're both right there. We've got actually two videos a week coming to the Test Drive Videos channel for, for right now. Actually, through October, it's two videos a week because we've got so much backlog. This is why we created that channel, so much backlog of press cars. You have two in your driveway right now. So, <laughs> oh, so and, and please don't get me wrong. We're not complaining, but this is why we're currently doing two videos a week on the Test Drive Videos channel, and we're still doing almost a video a week on the original channel, which is about to be peopled with all all the stuff from the new cheap sports car challenge that is that's only a couple weeks out yeah and we're going to keep putting out our old tv episodes on that original channel as well there's a lot of stuff coming both places i'm a little boggled by how much we're putting out to youtube right now while we prep season eight of tv <laughs> i know if you're listening to this podcast far into the future welcome to the future my car for the cheap sports car challenge has yet to be delivered mm-hmm. as of this recording due to a hurricane called Hurricane Sally in the southeastern <laughs> part of the United States. This cheap sports car challenge is already doing fantastically well, by the stories. way. stories. Yeah. Hurricane delay. After this podcast, then hopefully I get it in four days from now, and I'm, I'm hoping it comes through, but we're very sorry for everybody who's been affected by the hurricane. Mm. That really stinks, and uh, they're getting deluged with rain, Big but time. fortunately it was downgraded to a Category 1, so I'm glad it wasn't uh, even more damaged than it already is. Well, the southeastern corner of the U.S. is getting buried in water, while the western edge of the U.S. is burning down. Yes. Can we merge these two somehow and balance the world again? <laughs> anyway, we're not sure yeah. how. All right, quick note on Blipshift. There is Stuttgart and more t-shirts and new American Original colors for those t-shirts. Yep. I'm getting a couple for myself in blue with the white. So They're very cool. Be They're really, really fun. Awesome. I've been waiting for those colors, actually. Well, and Blipshift. Black with white and gray with black. Actually. Yes, and Blipshift does such high-quality t-shirts, which is why we're doing all our t-shirts through them now, which is very cool. And yes, we will have Season 7 coming to Amazon. Uh, I'm having a fight with them right now, but, but that's okay. We will make up, and it will be on Amazon. It's also already available on Vimeo and much, much more coming. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. This applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. I know you've heard us talk about it before and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Car debate number one is from Tyler C. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is in the midst of discovering handling. (laughs) What's this this over here? What's all this thing? That's a quarter. (laughs) 
His current daily is a 2006 Toyota Tacoma TRD Off-Road. Okay, all right. His past vehicles included a 95 Jeep Wrangler, a 1988 Mustang LX50, and he recently sold his 1999 Camaro Z28 after getting a little bored with it. Okay, all right, all right. So Tyler would like another fun car, but not sure what direction to go. But here's the big sentence that affects everything. Yep. Really like something more handling-oriented for this time for both autocross and the rare track day. Okay. I'm keeping this in mind because this is affecting my shopping. I see that. I see it. He's thinking about a C5 Corvette. He's also got a bunch of leftover LS parts, and he's used to the Fisher Price GM9s and Series. The leftover parts are dictating your next car choice. Yeah, exactly. I've got all this stuff I need to use. Let's buy another one of those. Yeah. So he's looking at those, which is great, but he's doing work as an auto body technician. And he recently drove a Mark 7.5 GTI, really enjoyed the driving dynamics and interior. Okay. And again, okay. he's not sure. So his budget right now is $15,000 if he keeps the Tacoma, or if he sells it, it goes up to $30,000. Okay. He says he doesn't have much sentimental value attached to the taco, but it's been such a good daily, it almost seems like a shame to get rid of it. Good news, everyone. Tyler is getting rid of his Tacoma. Who wants a Tacoma? <laughs> okay. Well, but he makes the point that it just runs. It's good in the snow. It, it, it allows him to, to do all of the outdoor stuff he wants to do. And it recently had, I love this sentence, the frame replaced for free by Toyota because of rust. So he now has a what? new frame in this truck. Now, obviously, the gas mileage isn't good. It has a truck ride. Those aren't the issues. But he likes the fact that he can just do stuff with it. It is the the bang around, do truck stuff with it. He yeah. doesn't like it as the daily. Right. But it's kind of the ain't broke, don't fix it, do it all on the other side. Because which, it got fixed for free by Toyota. Exactly. Ain't, ain't broke, Toyota fixed it. Can we call right. it that? Yeah, there exactly. So, uh, so I, I'm actually, I know you're shocked, but Tyler, I, I want you to go wherever you're going to go, Paul. But Tyler, I'm actually having you keep the Tacoma. Really? Because that frees me up to go a completely different direction and create cars for oh, jobs. So you're, you're keeping the taco. Yep. I'm having him keep it. Why not? It just got refreshed. It's not causing him problems. And it allows him to have that utility thing that he can throw stuff in and not worry about and deal in the snow and have stuff in the back. And it doesn't require the other car to do anything else but be fun and have handling. All great points. Yes. I say sell the taco because I want you to have a new experience. And even though you say you put on a bike rack occasionally, you need something, you know, to, to be able to accommodate that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tyler works for a car dealership chain who sells Hyundai. So it might be possible to get a Veloster N with a small discount. Which would be great. That's top choice. I love that. He is not interested in the Fiesta STs and the Focus STs, which is okay. fine. Okay. And he says, all right, what should I, what should I do? Where do I go? And because I told you I think you should sell the truck to go after new experiences. Okay. I like it. Plural. There will always be trucks. True. Oh, true. Yes, always. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you need a truck in the future, guess what? You'll they be able to trucks. get one. They still make trucks. Lots they, and lots and lots really. of trucks. Every 50, what is it? Two seconds? Ford makes it F-150? 51 seconds. Yeah. An F-150 shoots out of the end of the factory. Just so you know, it's less. It, it's more than one a minute. It's just under a minute what? to have an F-150 roll off. The next time any car manufacturer says, we're awesome, I don't care who they are, we're awesome, we made this many vehicles, just sit down with your, <laughs> with your smartphone and pull out a calculator and calculate how many F-150s Ford is making if they come out every 50-something seconds. 
I think the best one is Ferrari versus Lamborghini because Ferrari says we've increased output this year in Lamborghini Snickers because they're over here building 10,000 Aventadors and they're yeah. building Urai as fast as they yeah, can go. They it's, it's kind of funny. So their, their little rivalry is always entertaining. Tyler, $30,000 is a lot of money to work with here. Yeah, it is. And I do like the C5. That's a great buy for what you'd want. But we'd recommend the Z06 flavor of that C5 if definitely, you get one. Definitely. However, the 2011 Grand Sport Z16 is also $30,000. Hmm, just so you know. Okay. All right. I love the Veloster N. That could be an excellent choice. You can daily, you can track it. It's a brand new experience. You've had a truck. Trucks will exist. Fair, fair. There are so many choices at this level. I feel like there's Cayman and Boxers and M235Is and M2s and 86s, Miatas and Mini Coopers and all this stuff. All the usual suspects. Yeah, okay. I understand why you're a little confused. So I'm going to back up and have you shop by recipe, shop Mm. by drivetrain layout. Okay. First of all, what interests you the most? I'm not focused on power, even though I know that's a strange sentence coming out of me. It is odd, yes. I'm focused on dynamics first. Drive one of each of these three categories. Okay. All right. You already know and like the Corvettes. I think you've driven one. So we'll call it Corvettes of some ilk over here. I got that impression, yeah. Drive a mid-engine car, and I, mm, I'd i love you to drive a Cayman, but I'm not sure that's the right thing here. Okay. I, Yeah, I, I'm unconvinced it's the right move because of what, all the things you're looking for it to do. Mm-hmm. I still think you should drive one. Alpha 4Cs are not low enough in price yet. Mm, I hate them on big tracks. Seven tenths, they're awesome. They're they're fantastic back road cars. Seven point one tenths, they're not awesome. <laughs> okay, go on. And then the front engine, front wheel drive layout, GTI or Veloster, and yes. If you keep the Tacoma, go get an eighty six to beat on, yes. But you mentioned the autocross and track thing that you're starting to dabble with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the eighty six just seems like an easy choice. I want you to have a mid engine cheap car. Okay. So I found you a salvage title Toyota MR2 for $5,800 as your cheap, tiny, mid-engine autocross. That you're is that a Spider or not? It is not. Okay, all right. But the Spider that I found was $4,800, so you could get one of those. Yep. This is the thing you're just going to go have fun with and just beat on. And when it is running, great. You know, you'll drive it. If it's not running, fine. You'll get this other car. Oh, you, so you're doing two ca- sell the Tacoma and buy two cars is yes. where you've gone. All right. I'm I divvied up now. the thirty grand. Keep going. Fifty eight hundred dollars leaves you about twenty four thousand dollars to go get a black twenty fifteen Mercedes Benz GLA forty five AMG with sixty five thousand dollars <laughs> miles. Sorry, not dollars. You got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's kind of brilliant. You found a twenty five thousand dollar GLA. AMG yes, 45. Indeed. They're asking 23999999999. I am wowed that that car 65,000 miles. It looks great. Well done. And that's a, that's your new experience. Yeah, Again, you can go back to trucks. You'll see trucks and be like, oh, yeah, I used to drive trucks. Yeah. But then you're in this incredible, because I, I love that you love hatches. Mm-hmm. Yes to the Veloster N, but how about spending less Get yourself a super cool AMG GLA45. Look at you. Well and then done. you got this Toyota MR2 to throw parts at or not throw parts at or just beat on or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. You don't have to worry about that. It's not the one car that you're going to work in, going on road true, trips, true, going true. to see family, and then I'm taking it to autocross and I hope it doesn't break because I got to yeah. get to work on Monday yeah, kind fair, of car. Fair, fair. Yeah. You've got two now. And the salvage title, who cares? Sure. Because sure. you're going to. Hopefully, grind this thing into dust yeah, on the track. I hear it. I hear That's it. the yeah. idea. Do 
do little upgrades. They're cheap to work on. A Miata would fit here too, but I want mid-engine for you because I yeah. want that different experience. Yeah. That's my setup. What's for interesting is you and I went slightly different places under the same premise. Oh, okay. Which is very okay. much this, this different experience for Tyler. Okay. Yes. Got and it. again, I, I left, I left the taco. Just keep the Tacoma fine. I see really? that's fine. No big right. deal because that is a known commodity for you. And it will do all of the difficult stuff of life. Especially when it's fixed by Toyota. Exactly. Totally. I, I like your Corvette C5. I do like that. We've yeah. talked about that car a lot. But what's interesting is the sports cars you've owned have all been big American muscle. The uh-huh. 88 Mustang, uh-huh. the 99 Camaro Z28. And I thought, look, the C5 is a lot better than both of those. But let's just leave that world entirely. Mm. And let's go the exact opposite of your truck. Let's go tiny. Okay, yeah. yeah Let's yeah. look at that autocross and handling. Let's embrace that. And I did not go 86. You didn't? I didn't. You've got 15 Color grand. me shocked. I think you should chase one of two things. Both of them you can get for less than 15. Both of them are icons, and you can just do stuff to them. One is the Toyota MR2 Spider. You're kidding They're me. They're so cheap. They're so cheap. They're so cheap, <laughs> and they are a mid-engine car. They are the mid-engine alternative to the Miata. They, you don't see them. People autocross them. People track them. They just run. Yeah. They they fall down because some people don't like the styling. Yeah. It's like it, yeah. it looks like the Boxster of that era's slightly uglier brother. Slightly. <laughs> I, I I actually kind of like them. I got to be honest. <laughs> okay. But but they and they have almost no storage space. Yeah. But you have a pickup. That's true. So who cares? That's true. They're yeah. Toyota Toyota parts. They will run. They have good dynamics. Okay. So the Toyota MR2 Spider, which is super cheap, and you could do all kinds of stuff to it with your quote-unquote extra money, or get yourself the real icon that is an autocross just destroyer, fun on the track and fun period. Get yourself a Honda S2000. Good, yeah. You're talking about wanting handling. For $15,000, right? Just go, yes. Yeah. Shop anywhere between ten and fifteen, and get yourself a solid <laughs> Honda S2000. Experience one of the best six-speed gearboxes ever. Yeah. And a car that has remained surprisingly timeless, and it has it's the exact opposite engine experience you've had. Instead of the big lopy V8 with a lot of torque while it's idling, this one you gotta wind out, turn it into a screamer, and find the power. That's a totally different experience, and it's such a great chassis. So I really like the Honda S2000 for you because. <laughs> That's not bad. That's yeah. really not bad. Uh, it's such a new experience. I think that is going to really define for either of those cars, define for you what do I like about handling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's little, light, great stuff. So I, I say Taco stays and one of those two joins. The destroyer of Worlds, the S2000. You know it. At least Autocross Worlds. Exactly. But, you know. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for writing. If you've got a debate like Tyler's, write to us, TV at gmail.com. Or while you're on the website browsing all the future of what's coming from meetups and track days over in Europe and all that stuff. All the stuff we plan to do again, yes. All the the YouTube channels, second tab over, those two YouTube channels aforementioned. And then top right corner under the About tab is the Contact button. You can write us there, and that syndicates to the same email address. Yep. So it's great. whatever you'd like to use. Summer's here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. I know that leather seat seemed like a great idea at the time until you scalded your legs. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I'm telling you, I swear by them. 
These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Our next car debate is from Hunter writing to us uh, from Spokane, Washington. He claims he is a recovering truck addict, so we're connecting <laughs> Hi, to... Hi, my name's Hunter. It all started... <laughs> Hi, when... Hunter. Locking hubs or not. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> I liked being in a truck, and I loved to fill the bed with stuff. Or not fill the bed with stuff. <laughs> right. I used to throw my Starbucks coffee cups over my shoulder into the bed. Six months later, I realized I had to get them all out of there because they were blowing off on the freeway. Hi, Hunter. You're here with friends. Sorry, I don't know where we went. We were at the, the AA for trucks. He's owned quite a few cars, but he realizes that now he might want to get another pickup. He's had a Hyundai Santa Fe, which he said was boring. He had a 97 Chevy 1500, which, of course, becomes the Silverado. And he's thinking, should I get another Silverado? Mm. So that's in there. Mm. But then he's also – I'm going to skip over one and come back. He's also had a Honda Accord, which was fine. And he's had a Ford Fusion, which is, sounds like his current car that he describes as comfortable but too slow. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. interesting oddball in the middle of this group was the 2002 Subaru Impreza RS. That's a cool car. Wasn't that the two-door? Yeah, I think he so. He said he yeah. loved the cornering and driving dynamics of it. It wasn't fast, but he didn't care. It was just fun to drive all the time. So now he's looking back from the comfortable but slow seat of his Ford Fusion and saying, do I want another truck? Because I liked having a truck. But you know what? The handling on that Impreza was pretty cool. And thus he writes to us. Mm, the budget here is right around $10,000. And as Todd says, he misses that di- the dynamics, but that me- makes him lean towards another car. Now, the important notes here is that he's got a highway commute with very little stop and go traffic, but not with a little bit, but he says not bad enough to avoid a manual transmission. That's cool. That's cool. He's also an avid snowboarder. He has to be able to get to the mountain on any given day, even on horrible roads if necessary. Okay. Understand. He's aware of snow tires and the benefits, but would feel most comfortable in four-wheel drive or front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. I've heard of these things called snow tires. Hi, my name's Hunter. I've heard of these things called snow tires. Point me in the right direction. Anyway, yeah, please. onward. So he's looking at uh, all these different options, but he can't decide which direction to go. And he's open to anything except SUVs. Okay, all right. Mm, it's been a long time since we've recommended a WRX. But I think you'd like it for about 11 minutes, Hunter. Okay. I think they're cool. I love it when the turbo comes on like a you flipped a light switch walking into a dark room. <laughs> You're just I remember yeah. the first time I was shot out of a cannon. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You'll always remember your first time. So, I thought interesting. You're you're looking at some front-wheel drive stuff, and I do hear you about doing a little bit of commuting and you need some space and your budget is 10,000. That mm-hmm. isn't lost on me. I'm not trying to blow it up here. After thinking about all the front-wheel drive cars and the Fiesta STs and yeah, yeah, yeah. some rear-wheel drive cars and trying to make an argument and craft an argument to justify getting you a rear-wheel drive car only, okay. I couldn't. Okay. All right. Because all I could think of was Spot the Mini. Hmm, there you go. All I could think of was your car and driving it one day in the winter down I-80. Mm-hmm. I think you had winter tires on it, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. And it came with Blizzaks. They were awesome. That car was great in the snow. It just seems so planted. It was fantastic. And it was the first gen of the new Mini, but you yeah. know what I mean. 05, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, it was it 05? Sure. Yeah, R53, yeah. 
I just thought this is just enjoyable totally. even in winter. And totally. I'm this little tiny thing uh-huh. buzzing around traffic and past yeah. pickup trucks and lumbering SUVs. Yep. Yep. And I was cackling. Yep. Totally. That's the only picture that I can remember, and that's the picture I have in my mind for you, Hunter. Is I love that. I love that. With the right summer tires. So I'm, I'm suggesting a Mini Cooper S uh-huh. for as much as that $10,000 will get you. I see it. With two sets of wheels and tires. Got so it. You've got your winters, mm-hmm. and then you've got your summers. Because that car also comes to life with the right summer tires. Yes, it does. That was a crazy fun car. On yeah. the all seasons, I don't like it as much. I'll be honest. Okay. Because right. I turn in and it pushes and sure, trying sure, to readjust sure. my steering and my, my angle into the corner. And yeah, yeah. Summer tires just stick and it makes it come alive mm. and they're fun. And you, your, your car didn't have seats. It was the rear seat. The rear delete. seat delete, which is actually very cool. Made yeah, a little pickup. It was wonderful. Yeah. All kinds of space in the back. You Tons. Can fit a mountain bike back there. Tons, yeah. But you fold those seats down. You can get all kinds of stuff back there. You'll yep. be shocked. And I still think they're sort of the unknown little performance car. People ask us all the time, GTI or Mini Cooper S, what do you think? It kind of depends on if you're, are you tired of GTIs? They're awesome. Mm-hmm. But do you want something with a little bit more personality over here? Kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that one winter day just kept flooding back into my That's mind. That's interesting. Thought, okay, yeah. This thing's almost bomb-proof. It yeah, felt it's very so cool. planted. Yeah. It was just really enjoyable. I love that. Well That's done. That's my car for you, Hunter. Look at you. Well done. You did it with one sniper shot after a while. That's very cool. Hunter, I, sounds like you don't need a truck. Sounds like you like trucks, but you don't need a truck. And and, and you mentioned- <laughs> I know a guy who's selling a Tacoma fixed by Toyota. <laughs> His name's Tyler. He's out in Pittsburgh. Hmm, you're still working for pink slips here. I know. I'm trying. I, I actually, if you're going to go truck, I'm going to say this to you. You apparently are looking at the Silverado because you had a GM prior. I'm going to twist you another way. If you really – look, if you throw out everything we do and you're going to go trucks, I'll give you your truck. Okay. Get the Chevy Avalanche. They're down, to ten, they're down to ten grand. Are they? They don't have the truck ride. They have more of the suburban ride. Yeah. You have all the truck capability when you need it, and otherwise you've got a nice place to be. Don't go Silverado. Get yourself a used Avalanche yeah. and have a nice day. That's if you went trucks, but I don't think you should go trucks. Okay. So no I think you either. should get – Something that's more fun than that. And I will also say this to you. Look, you're a snowboarder, but roof racks fit everything. They just do. They do. Okay, so you can put a roof rack on whatever you want. That Subaru lingers in your mind, Hunter, because the handling is better than anything else you've driven. Right. So let's just pull on that thread for a while. Let's pursue handling that can do everything else. And I thought it too. I love your Fiesta ST that you've already brought up. Paul's killed it. With the Mini Cooper S, that's an excellent one for winter. Uh, it would be very, very fun and do everything you need. I went almost WRX. You're not going to be surprised. With ten grand, Saab 92X, get the arrow, have a nice day. It's the little right. – I keep seeing them do you randomly really? on used car lots. and They're out there, they're man. They're still alive? They're out there. Wow. And, and because it's the Subaru WRX and a Saab suit, nobody knows what they are. Unless Very you're true. looking for one, unless you listen to this podcast, unless you're looking for one, <laughs> then okay? you're inundated. So go right. Saab 92X Arrow. That is the turbo of that. Get the five speed. Enjoy that car. Have the Alt WRX with some power and a full hatchback and all wheel drive. But then that got me thinking wagons, and I came up with two wild cards I really like. Wow. Okay. You're a truck. You you think you're a truck person, which means you just you just want to be able to haul. But we want car handling. Mm-hmm. I went with two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we recommended either of these cars before, but they are, I, th- I want you to go drive them because I think it might be that blending of the comfort and usability that you enjoyed from your Accord and your Fusion and some personality and fun and 
some of the truck hauling capability. One, yes, they're this cheap. The Audi S4 wagon kind of generation you had. The S4 wagon. That was the B5 generation. They're out there for this money. That's a great engine and a cool car. Okay. The other one is from the similar era, the BMW 3 Series wagon with the X-Drive. Some of those are even manual. That would be a rare beast. Yes, a three series wagon X drive manual. I found a couple. I went looking. Did I found you a really? Couple of, that uh, would be tempers. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So those are my wild cards because you're not going to. I honestly think you might find a nine two X easier than the other two I've mentioned. But a <laughs> Audi S four wagon and a three series X drive wagon with the possibility of even being a manual. I think Ooh. you're a wagon guy from trucks to wagons. I think so. I think we solve it there. Social media questions. You guys are amazing. You're killing it. It's very good. Yep. So many good ones. Andrew Stein writes to us and says, can we see a point where hybrid becomes synonymous with performance? Mm. With the performance of electric cars becoming more known and undeniable, is there a point where hybrid shifts from Prius to half electric, therefore performance? Mm, interesting. And Joseph L. writes, he comments on that, and he says, this is exactly the precedent that the P1, the 918, and the Ferrari, La Ferrari. Yeah. Ferrari, yeah. the Ferrari, yes. That's what they set. Yep. But it's still not in consumers' minds. True. Because true. I do like hybrid for that reason, and I do love the Volvo S60 T8 hybrid for that very reason, because it's a sleeper. That thing moves. Total stealth performance sedan. Complete stealth. But in people's minds, hybrid means, oh, this is my transition from gas to electric. But yeah. I don't want to go full electric yet. I still want economy. I went slower and I saved gas. Yeah. That's all You're it right. means right. to yeah. the general public right. right now. That's unfortunate, but hybrids are getting better. And I do believe that there will become a point, but I don't see it anytime soon, Andrew. I still hmm. see consumers looking at hybrids thinking, oh, I do. My commute got longer or, you know, I want to save some gas or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go that route. But again, they don't want to do the full commit to electric yet. That's still how hybrids are positioned. And what's doing them a disservice are car manufacturers selling them because they're selling them this point. Hey, you know, gets great gas mileage. And that's really the only factor they're sold on. Electric cars are sold on zero to 60 in airport drag race times over here. So that, you know, those are the fun people having all the fun over here. (laughs) But hybrids is like, oh, you want to save gas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, check out our new product offering, and it has some tech and blah. And maybe but look at the gas or, mileage is the only, yeah, the selling point. Or it's point. a box yeah. painted white and welcome to the future. Probably, yeah. I think car companies are doing themselves a disservice by not advertising their hybrids as, yep, you save a bit of gas, but check out the zero to 60 time. Look how well it handles. Come over here for your performance. We put a square stance on it. We didn't do stupid low rolling resistance tires. Yeah, you're right. We actually put real tires on it. But back to, your, back to your Volvo point. We've joked before, and we talk about it in this upcoming test drive of that Volvo, that Volvo's making one engine right now. One yes. little four-cylinder. And they yes. put it from their base model to their highest end model. And the difference is, what do they screw to it? Yeah. It starts off as just an engine. Then it gets a turbo. Then it gets a turbo and a supercharger. Then it gets a turbo, a supercharger, and an electric motor. Meaning that the upper level power from Volvo now Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. most performance power is their hybrid version, and they are alone in that market to think that way. Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. All right. Well, I hope, hopefully this point changes. We'll see. Chris changing. on Facebook says, what are the not so obvious deal breakers that we see when we're looking at a Carfax? We just bought these cheap uh, sports cars and the Carfax was a big thing on both of these. It always has been. It was on the, on the crazy cheap sports car. I mean, sedans as well with the Carfax matter. I mean, less to you because it was, you couldn't believe you found a Quattroporte, but Carfax was a thing. Yeah. All right. So what are the deal breakers? Um, there's, it almost is a comparative deal breaker. It's almost like I have six cars in front of me, because I've done this, six cars in front of me, and they all have a Carfax. They're mm-hmm. all the same model with slightly different Carfax, and it's which of these Carfax looks the best, because they don't exist in a vacuum. Right. All of these cars I'm buying typically are older cars, so there's been a lot of owners and a lot of miles. So what are the trade-offs? But the things that I don't want to see, because you can tell from the Carfax, A, a lot of accidents, obviously, but B, a recurring thing it goes in the shop for. It's a good one. It goes in the shop for electrical issues. Electrical issues. What what's going on with this car? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also love it when I see consistent maintenance, oil and filter changes. Yes, at a, yes. at the same place over and over as well. If every time, if if it pops up once a year, every two years with an oil change at a completely different place in the last time, I'm like, what's what's being done to this? If it if it's at the exact, I don't care if it's a local neighborhood shop, but it's the exact same shop, like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I would add to that uh, a point about auctions. Because unless mm, yeah. you're buying from a super shady dealer near the Las Vegas airport at night, like 6.30, you know, bring a couple of friends for backup, but and, and you found a Maserati, the auctions can kind of tell you like, okay, this car didn't sell for some reason, went to auction, yeah. look who's currently selling it. Yeah. And what are they selling it for? Yeah. Because in some cases, they bought it for even more dirt cheap than they're asking. Than you can even and, imagine, yeah. You know, usually they'll have one key, no service records, and you don't know anything about the car at that point. It's just sort of, here you go. You know, you want yeah. it, you don't. Yeah. We're going to make money, and we're going to make more than dealers do off. It's going to be, I mean, OEM dealers. It's yeah, going to yeah. be, you know, a financial loss for you. But and if it, you love the car. Yeah. It might not be a deal. You bring up a great point. It might not be a deal breaker, but what happens is when you see an auction for a car, the Carfax goes silent for like a year. It's like there's yeah. nothing that happened to this car. The, yes. Clearly, it was back and forth on trucks and finally got auctioned and wound up at this place. And so you've got this dead spot. And you're right. That dead spot kills all information you could do going backwards, Yeah, which can be problematic. Yeah. Speaking of dealers, Daniel B. is writing to us and says, we've heard how we feel about dealerships charging market adjustments. Oh, yeah. That happens. But how do we feel about the new normal of dealerships advertising one price online, and then when you get there to look at the car, there's three or $4,000 worth of mm. dealer-installed accessories like door sill protectors and low jack installed that can't be removed immediately without a lot of effort mm. and weren't mentioned or included in that online price? Daniel feels like it's a lot of bait and switch to me and says almost every dealership near him in Southern California does this now, which is too mm. bad. Mm. Yeah, that's where the dealership is making money on all those upgrades, the all the stuff. You can't see the air quotes on the upgrades. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mainly Daniel, you're the one with the money. You can go True. in and say, all True. right, you can sell me a car, but you got to unscrew this. Or because you didn't tell me about it in the online ad. And I responded to that ad. You can just knock that right off and leave it on the car. It's your choice. Yeah. Otherwise I'm going to the other dealer in the next city over. Sure. Yeah. Maybe they want my money. Ultimately you're still in control. And that is the nice thing. You can look at it you can like, okay, well, you were misleading with me, so you don't get my business anymore. Mm. Bye-bye. Yeah. And then call the next dealership now 
if everybody's doing it, that's that's tough. That's problematic. But yeah. I would encourage you to shop in a wider area, and that's what we continually do. And uh, yeah, we've had, as you know, a lot of cars shipped to us, but the wider area is the best way to shop around, we feel. Gabin Boy on Instagram says, what's the current state of Mini Cooper? You just brought this up earlier. What's the Mini in 2020? Would we still say it's an enthusiast brand? It's funny you bring this up because just about a week or two ago, we had a hard drive on a back road with what I would call the updated spot. Mm-hmm. It was the current version of the Mini Cooper S. Just like I had with Spot, but just now bigger. Let's be honest. The whole Mini brand, the thing the thing I struggle with with the Mini brand right now is the fact that they're clinging to what I think was the very cool, small, quirky, round everything styling they had when they re-released them in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they've all grown by at least 25%. Minis aren't Mini anymore. They're, they're full-size cars. And I wish they were still smaller. That bums me out. Sure. Having sure. said that... The Mini's still quite fun to drive. It is, isn't it? The, it's, it's, cool. it's genuinely fun to drive. And what's fascinating is those chassis that they're using at Mini are winding up in BMW products as well, and they're not as fun to drive as BMWs. Right. I don't think. Right. I think they're more fun as Minis. Evan Schieffer says, is it worth modding a car that is planning to be replaced within a year? It's a 2007 Corolla that needs more personality. No. <laughs> Can now re- with more emphasis. Can you replace it sooner if you don't mod it? Right. Yeah, exactly. I understand the need. You're probably going crazy with a 2007 Corolla and you're going, I need something more out of this thing. Yeah. But you're not going to get your money out of those mods. Even if you put a car, something on the car and you think, I can take it off and sell the car without it. What if you don't get the same car and it doesn't fit? You won't get your money back. Well, and you're now selling a used tuner part. The other thing about it is how much – here's my question there. How much are you personally – and I can't answer this. Only you can. How much are you personally going to have to do to that car to feel like, oh, now it's fun? (laughs) If you dislike it that much, I I really think the move on to another car sooner rather than later is the answer there for sure. I agree. Jay Gallen P. writes to us. Asking any tips and tricks for ordering a new enthusiast car. You can always sit down with your friendly salesperson and ask them about all the options and all the things and have them go through it with you. You can always do that. Sure. But beforehand, you can do it online. Yeah, for sure. Check all those boxes. Usually all the the things that you want are, are included. But I'll give you a little secret. The biggest thing you can do is go to the media sites of most car companies where they have more technical specifications and what is and is not available in various models. The regular point. websites don't do a lot for enthusiasts because, for example, Honda, they are just publicizing the features that they think families are looking for. Fair, fair, okay. And you're going, what is the transmission gear ratios? Why is that not on here? Mm, but if you go to the media site that we use frequently – you can find more point. technical specs of that particular car. It's a great place, and many of them you don't even have to be a journalist to log in. They'll just and this is public information. This yeah, is true. out there. It's true, just true, an yeah. easier place to find all the cool tech specs that yeah. we're all looking for. That's good. I like that. Cam Text to New York actually asks on Instagram. He says he recently got a parking spot in his shared garage for his S two thousand. He's thrilled that he has a place to park his S two thousand for the upcoming Seattle rainy season. He's realized that because he's against a wall on one side, he can only pull into this spot forward. Mm. He'd rather back in, mm. which frustrates him. So his question is, do we care 
Do we have preferred ways to park? And I'm going to give you lots of space to answer this, Paul. <laughs> do we have preferred ways to park? And do we prefer generally to back in so we can pull out later forward? Or do we pull in forward and back out? I don't know why. Apparently, I'm, I did not get the memo. I just prefer to pull in directly straight. Do you? I do. I, okay. I'll back out of the space later, but I want to pull in directly straight. Part of it is the fact that, you know, the whole Lamborghini joke with the, with the Countach, you had to sit on the door. So you almost have to do that in the Lotus. That is a surprisingly difficult car to maneuver in reverse. Okay, so I enough, just, I don't, I, and I have to, I quote unquote have to at cars and coffee. I have to back in because you can't pull in forward at a cars and coffee. You'll be laughed out of the parking lot. So I have to then, <laughs> and generally I literally will open the door and look. Because I just, as small as that car is, you've never seen somebody park so badly as trying to leave the door closed and stare out the tiny little mail slot back window. So anyway. People be like, you still didn't get it. Seriously? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've got to run people over with the smallest car in the parking lot. So, I, but, but I generally, you've seen my driveway. I can fly up and down that thing, forward, backwards, I don't care. And it just flummoxes most people that even try to drive down it. A guy came down my driveway last night with a trailer attached, and okay. I didn't think we were going to get him out. Really? It's like, okay, you know what? I was just, you know what? Here, here's the salt. Just pull over the grass. Just, just pull over the grass and turn yourself around. Oh so I generally pull in forward, but I realize that's not enthusiast uh, official. Funny enough, I like to back in. I back two cars into the garage, but I do that because of door opening. Mm-hmm. And it really just kind of depends either the parking space in the underground parking or, you know, just flat level normal parking spaces or in my garage, it just kind of depends on how much space I have for the driver's door to get in and out. I don't sure. just pull right in. And that's a, because I've got a giant expedition in the garage. There is so that. I'll back that in, but then that means I can get closer to the wall depending on mm. where the car is. So the expedition backs in on the far right side and I can get the car <laughs> close to the wall, which <laughs> leaves me more space for opening the door. Yes. So I back that one in I nose the Cayman in because yep. then it's in a space where I can open the door fully to get in and I know I'm not going <laughs> to ding anything. I don't have to be as careful. I can just open the door. So it really has ingress and egress for me That's is the fine. whole reason. Yeah, for sure. And I just kind of like to present my car, especially, you know, at wherever you are kind of backing in. You've got the nose, the face of the car yeah. that Nissan didn't do a good job on the Z car. Wow. We're back. And you're, good, like you're it. presenting it, yeah. you know, here it is. Here's my ugly face. Well, also, but you haven't even mentioned because we've only touched like this, the edge, the, the, not even like the tip, like, like, like a, a millimeter of the, of the iceberg that is Paul parking. Yeah. It's a whole other thing. Yeah, it is. It, it's usually involves quite the search mm-hmm. and it usually involves parking at the back of the parking lot. Or parking next to a support post yep. in an unground parking garage. Yep. That is the ideal. I've got either a concrete wall or a support post. Then nobody can get in there. They can't park <laughs> next to me. What I don't understand, and this is a question for everybody else. Here's a question back to you all. Okay. When I park way out in the parking lot, and it's just me, mm-hmm. I find you know either a tree for some shade, and there's a little you know diamond-shaped little <laughs> piece of dirt around it, and yeah, you know, yeah. I park way out there. Just by myself. Inevitably, I come out of the store and somebody has parked exactly next to me. Perfectly next to you. Generally pretty close. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Is I it just it. to, you know, roast my chestnuts? Is it, is it just that? Because, ah, they're, they're trying to get you. This guy parked all by himself. I'm going to go park right just next to him. Go park yeah. with everybody else. Go on. Go shoe. <laughs> Why? Why? I, I remember I remember in high school there was a guy that um, I don't remember what he did to the soccer team, but the soccer team was mad at him. 
Oh, no. And so oh, they no. figured out who on the soccer team had the two largest vehicles. Oh. And the soccer team it's practiced badly. after high school. Okay. They, after the school day was done for like 90 minutes. Okay. And whoever they – I, I do not. It's too bad. I do not remember the actual story as to why. Okay. But they went and got the two guys on the soccer team with the two biggest vehicles, and they parked as close as they possibly could on either side of his car, meaning he could get neither of his doors open. And then they went to practice. Oh. And he got out of school at the normal time with oh. no way to get into his car, no way to get those cars moved for 90 minutes. Oh. That was one of the worst ones I saw. But, yeah. See, I just always think people are going to you know, damage your car just in retaliation or something like that, which I don't want. But, yeah. Yikes. There's a question from Peter N. Slow asking, first of all, what is the ideal power to weight ratio? Try not to start with it depends. Because it does depend. Come on, <laughs> Peter. Don't take away my words. That's no fun. <laughs> okay. I'll be definitive. Okay. Between 2,800 and 3,200 pounds and a power of 250 to 350 that's my range. All right, look at you. Those are my two ranges. Somebody's out there doing power to weight ratio and actually figuring out a number of pounds per horsepower that is ideal. That, that and you'll come too, up yeah. with Cayman at the top of the list every time. Oh, there it is. Okay. He also asks about the beast on Instagram that we've published. It is the 2021 Mercedes GLS 63. This is a 6,000-pound seven-seater truck. I just want to let this sink into you all. It's wearing on the rear tires. Oof. 325. 35, 23-inch Michelin PS4s. Just let that sink in. That's a, that's a shocking tire. The fronts are 285 sections. Good grief. 23s, PS4s. It's got 603 horsepower, 627 pound-feet of torque. It's the engine out of the AMG GTS. Oh. It is brilliant, and I want one. We haven't even done the review on it yet, and I Spoiler desperately alert. want Here's one. Here's what Paul thinks. Because I keep being <laughs> astonished. I think, well, that was a good quote. And I look behind me, and there's six other chairs available. <laughs> <laughs> what? The whole family could be like, that was a good quarter. Let's you go tracking. The entire family. This is in theory. I mean, you uh, would theoretically, yes. want to. But here's a vehicle that you could take the whole family. And the dog. The dog isn't going to like it very much. No, the still, dog really won't like it. You can take everybody on track and then drive to get ice cream. You know what? You know what this makes me want to Holy do? Holy cow. Will Mercedes allow us to do this? The next time we go to Germany, can we have one and take it on the ring? It was can developed on the it? ring. I know. Can we fill it with people from the trip? Can we do that monster? Because, look, people have done I mean, Sabine's done it. Others have done it. Yeah. They've taken the big Ford Transit van. And yeah. It's very funny. I get it. But let's do the, the literally the family hauler. Can we get seven seats filled with bodies and people in helmets? And can we hoon I... that guy around the ring? And then it'll promptly need, you know, thousands of dollars worth of new tires. Oh. But, oh. wow. So Peter's question is, how does this compare to other monster SUVs from BMW, Audi, or the Trackhawk? I want this one. I loved the X5 competition. <laughs> it felt smaller and lighter than it actually is. It really did, It yeah. does crazy things, too, and it's wonderful. But I want this one. This one's almost twice. This is two Trackhawks. Trackhawks are, what, 90, 85, 90? Yeah, about 90 this grand, This is yeah. two Trackhawks, and I want That's this one. terrifying, yeah. The amenities, the quality, the size is going to boggle you. Thank you, Mercedes, for letting us drive this car. I'll go you one further. What? We had, when we first got the press car for this last year, and it's on our Test Drive Videos channel, we had the, you cannot see the air quotes, base GLS, the 450. 
Okay. The welcome to GLS. With, exactly. Truck. With the expensive suspension that does the yes. lean and the bounce and the that bounce kind of bounce. stuff. That was surprisingly fast. Yes. That was honestly, that was all the power to amaze the whole family in the base 450. Yes. You haven't even driven this thing yet. You're about to. Please do not get a speeding ticket, by the way. Yeah. Because holy moly. Yeah, that would be a, a license removal ticket. Yeah. I don't know who or what did this. I don't know how I came up with this number, but this thing will do 130 on a short stretch of road. No problem. Doesn't surprise me. You can get it up to some really fast speeds. And you're in control. You're not going, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Yeah. You're going, huh, this thing wants to go faster. It's a bomber. Of course it is. Yeah. I cannot with the get whole over family. this truck. I can't get over the section width on these tires. Yeah, well, because you're you're so, so happy you don't have to replace them. Boggled by these yeah, tires. Yeah. I didn't even know Michelin made them. 23-inch rim. 325 sections. That's good, this crazy. This is Viper really crazy. width in the back of this truck. That's crazy. On 23s. On 23s. Yeah. Seriously, those. it's going to be a, a hefty comma in the tire replacement cost <laughs> yes. regularly. It, Just, if it, here's the thing. Assuming that it runs perfectly and needs nothing but oil changes, thousands of dollars a year in tires. Yes. In just tires? Yes. And just, just to own this thing. And it exists. <laughs> and it's going to be used someday. Thank you, Mercedes. Thank you. We can buy them used someday. If you've got your own debate, you know where to write us, guys. Thank you for all your social media questions as well. And we're looking forward to introducing the Cheap Car Challenge very soon. Yep, for sure. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.